A dead man doesn't drive a Jeep through Georgetown at 2.30 in the morning, but Brendan Whalen was. His officially issued death certificate was on file with the Puerto Rico Department of Health, yet here he was, all these years later, in the most dangerous place on earth for him to be, the United States. Headlights caromed out of the mist to his right. Instinctively, he yanked the steering wheel hard left. The jeep was partially angled to the left when the collision with the limo occurred. Whalen's fatigue vanished with the force of the impact. His senses were fully alive now. The limo driver and another man got out. Both were large men. Each wore an earbud and was wearing a brass name tag pinned to a breast pocket. The limo driver said, Boris. His companion said, Vadim. Boris spoke a single word in his native tongue and pointed to the ground next to the jeep. The word was foreign to Whalen, but he understood the gesture. Get out of the truck. Boris motioned Whalen into the street. Boris listened for a few moments to the voice coming through his earbud, then glanced at Vadim. They each swiftly pulled Glock 17s from the waistband of their trousers. Whalen moved fast. Boris, like a hound with a flea, tried to shake free of the man who was more than fifty pounds lighter. To his shock, he couldn't. Whalen brought his right knee up above waist height, then drove the heel of his shoe down and into the outside of Boris's right knee. It forced the tibia out of the knee socket. He smoothly swung Boris's bulk into Vadim's line of fire. Whalen's left hand pulled down forcefully on Boris's wrist as he drove his forearm upward just behind the big man's elbow, dislocating the joint. He literally threw the 300-pound man at Vadim, then sprinted up Boris's massive falling body. He launched a flying kick, his right heel smashing Vadim's nose, nearly ripping it from his face. Before Vadim could recover and refocus his weapon, Whalen drove a knee forcefully into Vadim's groin. A grunt exploded from the injured man's lips. His knees buckled and he grabbed desperately at Whalen for support. Whalen tugged Vadim toward him, forcing the big man to shift his weight to his right foot, which Whalen swept. Vadim did a forward somersault landing on the back of his neck. Whalen drove the heel of his right shoe deep onto the soft tissue of Vadim's unprotected throat, destroying his windpipe, larynx, and the scream that tried to rise from it. Unable to breathe, he quickly lost consciousness and died. Whalen picked up both men's glocks, then bent over Boris for an instant and brought the butt of one of the glocks down, crushing the man's forehead and driving bone splinters into his frontal lobes. If Boris survived, he would be in a vegetative state for his remaining years. Whalen shifted his attention to the black limo, knowing that time was running short. Neighbors would have called the authorities. He walked swiftly but cautiously toward the car, keeping one Glock focused on the middle of the windshield and the other on the left rear window. When he was still fifteen feet away, the right rear door opened and another large man climbed out. He brought his weapon up, bracing his arms on the limo's roof for stability. Whalen opened fire with both of the nine-millimeter Glocks. One hollow-point round pierced the bodyguard's left eye and exited the back of his skull taking much of his brain matter with it. His head snapped backward and his body countered by toppling forward. The corpse slid clumsily down the side of the limo, leaving a bloody streak all the way to the rocker panel. As Whalen drew close to the limo, 
the left rear window began to slide down. He aimed both glocks into the darkness behind it. A face slowly emerged. He kept both weapons trained on it. The sole passenger was wearing a dark brown double-breasted trench coat and clutching a cardivan leather attaché case. His face had collected more wrinkles, and his hair, still parted in the same style, was much grayer and thinner. But the years were kind to him, and Whalen recognized him immediately. My God, it is you, the older man said. But you're dead. And then it was he who was dead, shot in the middle of the forehead by a slug from one of the glocks.